It's Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal in the Bernabeu! Looks like Shaman! Giroud plays it in the middle! Ahead again! And Ramsey arriving! And Arsenal are back in front! Scores in the FA Cup final again! Just Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Arsenal Editor Podcast. And oh my god. It's a good day. It is a very, very good day. Well, I say that it's a very good, but also a very, very bad day. Um, I ended up getting extremely drunk yesterday for uh, for, for one very good reason. Um, it was emphatic. And I think just before we sort of crack on with the podcast, it's worth just saying, I think, up front that we deserve that. We really, really deserve that as a fan base. Um, you know, we've been very lucky to have what has been incredible fans. And I know I've mentioned it a couple of times, but on, on Twitter, you can, you can be fooled into believing that, you know, we're, we can be a bunch of clowns as are most people on Twitter and football fandom these days. But, you know, from the day one of this season, we've been behind that team in the stadium. We've had some incredible fans. We at home and away have just been absolutely unbelievable. Um, I've only managed to get to one game so far. But even then, at the Wimbledon game, it was Wimbledon game. It was unbelievable, and, and particularly when we've had such a torrid game uh, start to the season with, you know, uh, some terrible losses and things like that. It's uh, it's just really good that we've stuck with the team and and, and that we're, you know we're, we're being rewarded for it now. So, so anyone that's saying to you as an Arsenal fan that oh you're just beating a terrible Spurs side, you shouldn't be celebrate us. F them. Enjoy it. We deserve this. We're going places and now it's time to crack on and we're very fortunate today to have one of those fans that was in the stadium who got met with us how you doing mate yeah very good um you can probably tell by my voice how good i am so it, my, my voice is absolutely shattered with 90 <laughs> minutes of chanting from the game yesterday but yeah i'm good and obviously thank you for having me back on and uh, yeah like i mean what what a day like it, it words cannot describe how delighted I am with that game and how the atmosphere was and like the Arsenal, how Arsenal were and like everything you expected from that game Arsenal delivered with. And it was just, mm. it, it was, it, it was a beautiful game, beautiful performance and everyone was just united on the day. And I think that's, uh, you're, you're totally right when, when the fan base is best when everyone's mm. united and in games like this and you really see, you really sometimes you wonder why you're a football fan and why you're an Arsenal fan at times, and then games like yesterday happen, and it's just like, yeah, that's exactly why. Yeah, I can see you clutching to your bottle of water there and <laughs> your hoarse voice. <laughs> yeah, you almost yeah. sound like a different person. It's quite, it's quite cool, mate. I think you should keep the hoarse voice. It's actually very cool. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it did look, it looked amazing. I mean, I actually started the day in in a slightly slightly worse mood mate so some of the listeners some listeners will, will remember from my last week's podcast uh i went for a bit of a danger purchase on some uh, for some tickets on twitter oh yeah uh, i've read this yeah oh mate i was just scammed I, she fooled me she absolutely had me and oh mate i was about 80 percent sure and me and my mate gus who's been on this podcast many times was just like do you know what let's just go for it 35 quid each buy one ticket see if she sent it she didn't and we'll ask her in for a penny and then, then she had this sort of audacity to sort of just keep dragging me along. She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sending them, I'm sending them, as if, like, that would make any difference. Um, and, and, and yeah, so we still believed her up until basically yesterday or a couple of days ago. And lo and behold, didn't get them. But it did look amazing. I'm very jealous. And um, I, I'm, what was it like? Do you need to talk to us a little bit about that? So I'm, I'm listening. My, dog, my dog's just trying to get in. So I'm, I'm just going to open the door, but I'm listening. Keep going. That's all right. Um... Yeah, like in in terms of the atmosphere, like I mean, it it, it was incredible. Like I, I think Arsenal fans are really, really like passionate fans when they're on it, and I think there was a combination of because obviously we we haven't. Been, this is the first North London derby with fans since twenty nineteen, which mm. is pretty incredible when you think about how was long that the four two. 
No, that was the two twos, the much much oh. um, forgotten two two under Emery, where we it, it was just like the final few months of the Emery era, and about me, uh, Lacazette scored that goal when he celebrated basically in front of the Spurs fans by not yeah. celebrating. So uh, that that game basically, and that's the last time Arsenal have had a home game, a North London derby with full house, with with any fans at all, and mm-hmm. from. Minute one, you could sense that everyone was behind the team and everyone was up for it. You could sense that by how when they came out. So when Tottenham came out, so obviously with with the new um, protocols now, one team comes out first and then the other one comes out next. Tottenham came out first, everyone booed them. Which was brilliant, <laughs> and then Arsenal came out second. Obviously, everyone cheered them, like really got behind them and everything. And then from minute one, every time Spurs touched the ball, they they were booed and like everyone booed Harry Kane, and it's just like yeah, it it it, 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 it was sort of like that togetherness which I, I've I've never felt that much togetherness in the crowd, and obviously the chanting as well is like, what do you think of Tottenham and the um. Like we won the league at Shy Heart Lane, the the yeah. um, the new charm that's come out. Tottenham get battered everywhere they go, which was incredible. Um, what a charm that is! Like, I mean, it, it's such a f- fun fun chance to do. And yeah, it's just like, yeah, I, I can't describe how it, everyone w- w- was buzzing. The stadium was rocking all game, and when the goals went in. The limbs, oh my god, they were incredible! Yeah. Like, like uh, you could see. Like, I've watched the highlights a million times today, and you could see from the 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 crowd just that when the goals went in, how much they went crazy. And it was just, and like, I'm glad you guys could see that on the TV as well because in the ground, oh my god, everyone went nuts. Yeah, I mean, it really, really came across. Like, honestly, I can't tell you. Well, obviously you were there, but I mean some of the, some of the videos and the TV and like honestly yeah. the the noise and just like the sheer euphoria that was coming out of that stadium from all angles. Um, my dog is about to cry next to me. She, she can you hear that? <laughs> yeah, she, she starts. She, <laughs> so she basically does this thing after a walk because it's a bit of a tangent. She, she she's had a bit of energy. She picks up her pig's ear that she likes to eat and she just walks around the house crying. She doesn't even eat it. She's had the same <laughs> one for months. She, <laughs> she, can you hear that? It's so yeah. funny. Oh dear. Well, so I think I think she's um trying to replicate what what they were up to in the in the in the Emirates, you know, the amount of noise yeah. that was coming out of them. Like she's just trying to replicate it. But yeah, the um yeah, and so so somebody sent in you know, a video of someone in the lower block, you know, in the in the bottom tier. One of Saka's the Saka goal and the yeah. absolute limbs from that, and then I posted it on the Instagram, and then loads of people started sending in their own videos. And honestly, I could watch them all a hundred times. Yeah, the sheer volume that like and the sheer excitement. I mean, obviously, it was the pace, the energy, the speed of it, the fact that we scored you know three in the first half. I mean, it all added to the fact that it was just like you were witnessing something special. And I think it was really symbolic of, and the reason why it was so euphoric is because of how symbolic it was that we're all, we're going in completely different directions and the Arteta plan, which I'm sure we'll get into in a minute, seem seems to be working, but um, you know, and it's really, he's got his players now, he's got his system, he's got his tactics and these are the players he wants. And you can tell this is the, this is the starting 11 that he needs and he wants, you know, all six of the substitutes ended the game on the pitch. I mean, he's integrated them so well. Yeah. Um, and just on a note on of the songs. So <laughs> I went to the stadium because I was only at a pub a couple of streets away. So me yeah. and my friend Gus, we went to, um, sorry about that. We, me and my friend Gus went to the stadium just to soak up the atmosphere. We went to the you know bar next to it and stuff like that. And um, I was pretty merry on the way and I was pretty much fine all the way there. But I think my friend got me a good few <laughs> like double vodkas basically. And uh, I, I, I walked back to my girlfriend's house in Finsbury Park, which is probably about a 20 minute walk. And I was just on my own singing the Emil Smith Rowan Saka song. Oh, and lovely song. Yeah. Everywhere Tottenham go. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just like, oh, I like you, I like you. It's just this little guy walking around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. Go, well, I must be hiccuping or something, just drunk, just in my own little world. But it was great. <laughs> Loved it, mate. Loved it. But, um, yeah, no. And, and so what, what else happened at the ground? Was it anything else you can sort of tell us from it? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, just just a shout beforehand. I think um, getting football chants in when you're drunk is the best thing in the world. Every time I used to get drunk back in the day, so I, did, I, I didn't really get that pissed last night, even if they were buy one, get one free, Camden, Hell's Beers. And, yeah. But when I got drunk back in the day, the Meza Urzal and the Santi Cazorla chant always got chanted when I was walking home. And it's just like, yeah. people are probably looking at me and just thinking, what the... What what the hell is this guy doing? But yeah, yeah, but anyway, I went on tangent. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, like uh, in terms of the the atmosphere, it, it was it was busy, it was lively, and everyone before the game, like there was chanting, like on the concourse before the game, which is good. Again, you mm-hmm. don't really get that before the game. Everyone's sort of like to themselves, and and. What was funny was we were in the upper tier in the clock end, um, not behind the goal. We were sort of in the corner, yeah, near, near one of the scoreboards. And what was funny was when we were chanting to like Spurs fans to go away, there was a couple of like fans next to me. It's just like like doing like the the like the wanker sign and just yeah. like yeah, like doing, <laughs> doing the like two fingers. It's just like Spurs fans are like all the way down there, and it's just like and they're doing like all the. It's just hilarious. It's just like. You can see all like the the Arsenal fans in the clock end, like behind the goal, and like like going up to and winding up the Spurs fans, and they just can't take it. And obviously, you, we we chanting them cheerio when they started to leave, and they did, the, yeah. And like when Son scored, like there was like three fans left or something. It's just like right. it's hilarious. Yeah, it's just like yeah, it's just like no one cared. It was just like. Yeah, and like Son's trying to get like behind, like get them behind him. It was just like, yeah, but like there's like three of them left, so like there's no absolutely zero point at this yeah, yeah, point yeah, yeah. to 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 try and get them behind. Just grab the ball and take it to the penalty spot because it's just um, consolidation. But yeah, no, like yeah, it, it was great. I tried to go to the Tollington before the game, but it was mm. just so busy. But I'm sort of glad that I walked towards that direction because the atmosphere there was incredible. Like loads of like Sol Campbell chants. It was even a Vieira chant yesterday as well, which was really yeah, which was very nice. So um, yeah, it's just like it, it 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 was a game where like. It, it wasn't the classic like Arsenal game because I think when you go to like uh, I mean you were you were like you you go to like maybe like a an FA Cup game or something yeah you get like a few chants sort of thing like Red Army or like Arsenal Arsenal so you get like a few chants but you don't get like the like extensive like chances just like yesterday it was no. just, like, every, everything came that way it's just it, it was beautiful the sacro smith row chant is probably my personal favorite it's just such a oh, great chant genius it's yeah. so so genius i love it so much took me a while to get the hang of it mind because um but it was very good and yeah um yeah i mean and i think that's something that arsenal fans generally historically have been not not fantastic at when this sort of lower league level games or you know playing bottom and middle of the table and yeah like you, you just get arsenal 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 or and it's arsenal the best team right. that one's by far the crazy so it was one of those um so yeah and and it's really good to see that actually everyone getting stuck into the away end chance you know like the really you know the away fans level of decent yeah. chanting you know, everyone was up it so for it so um Already in the game itself, then I mean, look, we've just spoken about the day and the experience, and it really is for the fans. So, how we, what, what did you think about the, the the team when it got released? I mean, I suppose that would have been right on cue for the end of your two for one happy hour <laughs> at the stadium. <laughs> yeah. So you're probably feeling quite confident about it. Yeah, like I saw it. And I saw we sort of got in indication that Xhaka was going to start um, because he was doing the pre-match interview. So I think mm. once it was confirmed that Xhaka would start, I think the only other question was either Pepe or Smith Rowe, and he went with Smith Rowe, which I was mm. sort of happy with because I thought Smith Rowe had done so well in the last North London derby at home um, from the left. So I was sort of happy that he started this one. And I don't rate their right back at all. I don't think he's a good signing. Um, Emerson, is it? Emerson, yeah. Emerson Because he nearly came here, didn't he? Yeah. like oh, I, it, put his foot down. Yeah, it was, it was one of those things where 
Emerson could have gone here and um, Tommy Asu could have gone Spurs and the opposite happened. Um, Emerson went Spurs and Tommy Asu came here. So it's, it's funny how um, things like that work, sliding yeah. doors moments. But yeah, like I, I, I was happy with the team because it was our best, it was our best team. I, I, I actually said exactly the same thing. I, I said that there, I'm sure there are people would perhaps create an argument for Xhaka maybe not starting, given what he did last time. And, yeah. um, you know, and, and I understand that there are sections of the fan that are sort of done with him in midfield. And I would like to move on from Granite Xhaka, but I don't mind having him either. And I, yeah. if you're going to have him, you may as well start him, I think, um, depending on what you need from a game. If we're going to play our 4-3-3, let's get Lukonga in there. If we're going to play the 4-2-3-1 that we do, then you do need that double pivot and he does add that extra bit of steel and he's a leader. And in a young team, I think that's, that is really needed, particularly in these big games. And if you're going to play Granit Xhaka, play him after he's just come back from a suspension from doing something stupid because it turns out he always <laughs> puts a string of about 10, 15 games of unbelievable games together. So, And he was good. Yeah. He was very, very functional, which is what he's good at. Um, and I was happy with that. But yeah, the team for me, I said exactly the same thing. That's our best team. And I know people will debate Pepe as well, but I don't know where you'd put that in. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was Saka on the right. Just It just does it for me. You know, when he came against Wimbledon, I was at that game and it just, everything changed. Him and Emil Smith-Rowe came on, of course. And yeah. it just, on that side of, wow, what a player. Just the way he moves, the way he moves the ball you know he just doesn't look like he's ever going to fall down he just like kind of can bounce around people and i don't know he's just he always takes me by surprise just how good he keeps getting and um yeah that was his time particularly after he had a not he, he hadn't had a flat first part of the season because actually everybody did yeah but i just did wonder if he did have a bit of a hangover from the euros and uh, you know yesterday and at wimbledon he really shook that off so i think bringing him off the bench at wimbledon really did him very well. And I think we actually used Wimbledon in hindsight to get that first team prepped for today or yesterday, I should say. Yeah. It was a really, really good stepping stone to do that. So I'm glad that we played a uh, party from the start. You know, we gave everyone else a game that we needed to, to really get them going and, you know, and chose Ramsdale. I know. Yeah. I think that's our best team. Um, so yeah, I mean, a word on Ramsdale? You, you look like you're going to say something, sorry. Oh, yeah, like, I mean, Ramsdale, I mean, it, I think there was a really good uh, observation from the game yesterday, actually, that I can mention from the ground. Ramsdale was instructing the ball boys to slow down the game and give him the ball slower than, um, than obviously, they, they were doing at the start. And there was one incident with Dele Alley getting really angry with one of the yeah. ball boys. And it's just like, and what well, a fan pointed it out and the ball boy has actually come across on Twitter and, um, and said, oh yeah, that was me. I'm really happy that I did that sort of thing. So it's quite funny um, how, how things like that work out. But yeah, like I, I, I like that from Ramsdale, that, that, that sort of, cause sort of like gamesmanship sort of thing. It's just like, you, you can't, that's just like that will get fans on your side all the time like it, yeah. it, when, when you do things like that especially in a derby like that yeah it's 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 completely true and I, I i i was very surprised because i was on the on the fence i was i was frustrated by how much we were going to pay for ramsdale when the rumors yeah. were circulating and but i liked that there was a pattern of signings of all under the age of 23 mostly english all that sort of stuff and um, he was seemed to me like a very good goalkeeper, but like a bit of a gamble. And um, the dad read some reports, you know, on the athletic that one of the main reasons they were getting him was his personality. Like he's a real leader. Yeah. Um, he's brave and all that sort of stuff. And he's on top of that, a, a very good goalkeeper, I'm sure as well. And, you know, it's definitely appearing that way. Um, and I guess it's one of those things you'd, you'd probably put down as a soft factor, but he immediately has created a connection with the fans. And this is a fan base that were like myself, some far, far stronger, had far, had far stronger feelings, I should say, about not wanting him there. And again, you can't you can't judge a fan base by their Twitter sphere because it's, uh, you know, it gets to the stadium. He's become a fan favourite. Yeah. The signings that we look back at, that, that even at the start of Emery's tenure, the, the, the kind of players they're signing, they're really making a connection with the fans. I mean, the fan favourites of Tierney, Ramsdale, Mills, Smith, and Saka, of course, have come through the system. Tommy Arsu, 
I mean, hell of a player. And yeah. I, that kind of came from nowhere. <laughs> it's like, and the fans love him. He works hard. He speaks well. You know, and Sambi Lakonga, great guy. He speaks English, which really helps as well. And I can imagine that's having a big factor. And, you know, it's it's just, uh, it's all looking rosy. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to eat my own words about Edu, in a way. Uh, I'm not going to get there quite yet, but it seems like we've really cheated the market in some way. And we found these absolute gems. And, you know, Ben White, I know he had a bit of a, bit of a struggle um at the start well no he didn't really i think he was just sitting around a bad defense to be honest so it made him appear maybe not as good and i i think that brentford game was really overblown because i think mm. if he, if you watch the liverpool brentford game on the weekend i think ivan tony's just going to be a tough player to play against and i think a lot of people added up the 50 million price tag and him not being the best in the air and him having some maybe weakness in the air and mm. sort of adding it up together, and I think it was a bit overblown. Uh, when, when as whereas, like in the last three games, I think he's been really, really good. Yeah, no, really, really did. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just been fantastic to be honest. And it's so nice to see them all settling in so well. And I, I guess one thing I was saying is that the additions that you know there was a kind of that question mark over the summer at the end of the transfer window when we bought these six players, and yeah, and. There were even Sky Sports were having an absolute field day laughing at us. They were saying, is Tommy Asu a centre back, right at back? And they were just literally giggling at us, you know, and the Ben White thing being overpriced, which I'm sure he was too expensive. But then, you know, we got Odegaard for 35 million, which is an absolute steal. Yeah. Um, you know, so overall, we invested and we invested really well, like really, really well. And it's just so nice seeing it come to fruition, it fitting into a plan that Mikel Arteta's got. I mean, the thing about Tommy Asu is that he's, he's, you know, not only the sort of best right back we could kind of imagine for, for where we are, but he's also the perfect right back for our system. You know, slightly more defensive than Tierney. Tierney pushes up, comes back sort of centre three, um, you know, which is not, you know, and gets forward at any time, but we, that's exactly what we need. It's exactly what we need. And, you know, he's he's a real player. and I'm, I'm really, really happy he's come. Um, so the goals then... Um, Wow, they came quick and thick and fast. And to be honest, one thing I just wanted to say, I mean, 3-1 flattered them. Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolute, yeah, it was an absolute dominant performance. And uh, yeah, I I couldn't couldn't be happy with the result. But yeah, so so the first goal, um, I mean, they were all great. They were all such good players. It kind of felt like quintessential, like, uh, well, what what Arteta really, really, really wants to be yeah. perfect football, and it was a perfect day, um, you know. And the fact that it was Emil Smith Rowe that kicked things off, um, you know, it was just, and he was involved in every goal. To be fair, um, yeah. But yeah, what was it like in 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 the stadium? Did it did it look like? Yeah, know? like I mean, I, personally for me, if there was one player I could have chose to score on this day, it would have been Emil Smith Rowe, um, mm. because. I don't know if you remember, but the the previous game against Spurs, Smithrow had a shot and he smacked the bar and he yeah. he started to wheel off his celebration because he thought it was in, but it obviously didn't go in. And I sort of, uh, there, there seems to be this connection with Emil Smithrow and I think he just loves playing for Arsenal. He's obviously already talked about being a legend or being a, like a one-club man and obviously... Actions speak louder than words, so we'll see if that happens. But you could tell, like, that this meant a lot to him. And that first goal, I think, it obviously came to Saka, and Saka, and I think this is the difference between him and Pepe on the right, is Pepe cuts in on his left and tries to curl it in, which mm. is which is fine, but it's not really that threatening. Saka, what he does is beats Reguillon, and he crosses it in with his right foot. Yeah, and then Smith Rowe's perfectly timed run, Aaron Ramsey esque. Yeah, well, and he finishes it really well, and the celebration by him and by everyone in the crowd was, was, was fantastic. And it was just, 
yeah, like uh, it, it was a beautiful goal, and it's just that obviously delirium at that point, like a one nil, <laughs> and because it, it happens obviously so soon, and like when, when when these get the best thing you can do to keep up an atmosphere is to score a goal very early, because otherwise sometimes that the atmosphere can go a bit flat. Like I think the atmosphere against Chelsea was was very good as well, not mm. as good as this one, but the atmosphere was good. But then obviously Chelsea scored early, and it sort of went a bit flatter. But this this was much much more. The goal went in, and the atmosphere just went up a notch, and it kept going up from then. Yeah, I bet it looked like it was just turning up and turning up. I mean, the fact that it was made in Hale End that goal as well was just fantastic. Oh, yeah. But again, it's it's the patterned play from before. You know, the whole build up to pretty much all the goals. They had such a good. They they were just such 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 good play leading up to it. You know, I think it, one thing I noticed generally, not only in the goals, but you know, throughout the whole match like particularly in the first half every pass was wrapped in to feet every touch was perfect there was no you know balls bouncing off each other's foot and you know not being able to trap the ball or whatever and it was just seemed like everything was going our way um thomas party i think the way he was fizzing balls in and getting getting things through and spraying it wide i think you know it's just really sort of set the tone of bamiang who's was was maybe marked as the lesser of the of the two at what Mikel arteta wants from a striker between him and lacazette seem to be doing all the things that um, Arteta wants from a striker, you know, being able to come a bit deeper, play off and then get people running around him and playing that around the corner ball. And, you know, the third, uh, second goal, I should say, um, you know, comes from that, Um, you know. um, So, you know, that comes from the back, Ramsdale to Xhaka up the pitch and, and that sort of thing. And yeah, I mean, it was just a perfect day. I mean, I've got, I've got a list of things here to, because it was there was so much that happened, I needed to just get it down on paper. Like, yeah, I I just wanted to write down why this was such a perfect day. So, to be honest, I could have added more, but I think the ones I really wanted to flag, other than the fact that one to eleven, man for a man, everybody was unbelievable. Um, like, really performed out of their skin. Every every each and every one of them, and 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 apart from anything else. So, start with Abamian got his goal. Yeah. So, he needed that. I mean, I know he scored the other day against Norwich. It was a bit of a scrappy goal. This one was a proper finish, a proper finish yeah. from a proper Mikel Arteta move. And um, I think he needed an energy. Uh, he needed some fans to give him some love. We've always yeah. loved him. We know he's got it in his locker. I don't think his career's over. And I think now Mikel, Arpe- Mikel Arteta says, right, you, you are my centre forward now. That is that yeah. is it. You know, it's actually really telling that we've not seen much of Lacazette. And now that he's got his goal... System seems to be working as we always knew with the three technical players in behind him, Smacker, yeah. Will Smith, Rowe, and Odegaard. He's got his confidence. He's got his goal. I think he's going to start flying now, right? Um, Will Smith, Rowe is producing, which is fantastic because I know there were some questions marks, but we always knew he was. We always knew he was going to do it, um, particularly when we got the full team with him, and you know we've got other people to do work that he's familiar with as well, like Odegaard. Um, Saka's back on the score sheet after having a slightly fat, you know, first few games if you want to call it that but it seems to be over the hangover he's got the fans behind him the team is together Ramsdale's looking fantastic Tommy Yasu is dominating Odegaard is making everything better he's just yeah. this slick passing he looks every inch the player we knew he could be and I am so excited to see what he can do yeah. um, he he just adds this depth of quality in the midfield and I'm looking at Odegaard party and Shakarola Congo and I'm thinking this is a this is a good good midfield and um you know i think at odegaard adds so much quality that's champions league level what he him and party do together and yeah um apart from anything else spurred plays played exactly into our tactics if i was going to set up against arsenal that's and, and i wanted to lose three nil or three one i would set up like that <laughs> you like we have to i don't want to take away from how good we were but like quite frankly they were as bad as we were good i think at points and um you know it, uh, I, I just sort of think that we needed this 3-0 more than I think any result we've needed in the past sort of few couple of years, really. And um, it's going to hopefully give us the springboard to move forward. And yeah, I mentioned the fact that every ball stuck. So we actually sort of justified Mikel Arteta's decisions. 3-1 flattered them. All six signings finished the game in pitch, as we mentioned, but that just justifies again the work that Eddie and Arteta loved it. And I know that it's only one game and all that sort of stuff, but I really think this is putting a flag down in a marker and saying, this is what we can be. Um, And I saw 
lost two points. <laughs> I saw uh, the, the team actually playing for the manager. Every single person yeah. was absolutely committed to the role, very specific role that they were all chosen to do. And I think, you know, it gives the midfielder a bit, midfield a bit more freedom because they trust the players from one to 11. Now there's no one, we're not carrying anyone. We're not having to fill in or manipulate someone's abilities in order to try and cover for someone else. This is, this is, as my last point gets onto, feels like Leicester City's title winning side. Now I'm not saying, obviously we're not going to win the title. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is similar is that what was really special about that team is that they obviously didn't have Europe, so they didn't have to tweak the team that much, and they used barely any players. You knew who was going to start every week. You knew who was coming off the bench and at what time every single week. They'd have you know Vardy and all that sort of stuff, and it was always Ujoa coming off the bench and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, I think this is the first time we've looked at um, an Arsenal team under Arteta and and looked and gone, right, that, that's your team. That's set up now. We know that Aubameyang is going to be the centre forward. The three technical players in behind. Sure, they might go to a back three for or a back five against slightly bigger opposition like cities and all that sort of stuff. But And it felt settled. And we've been chopping and changing, chopping and changing because of the reasons I just mentioned. And, you know, it, I think now was, it really feels like, right, this is our team now. This is what we're doing. And, you know, if you're Pepe and Lacazette, you've got to perform well enough in the Carling Cup games or come off the bench and do something special to win that shirt back. Um, so that's why I thought it was such a perfect day and it means so much. And it's such a relief from, from quite yeah. frankly. And, and also, do, do you think it kind of even sort of justifies the excuses we had for the first at least two games because of the COVID and because of the injuries and all that sort of stuff? And it, it kind of is like, well, hey, look, <laughs> when we do have our team, Turns out we can play. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, uh, obviously, it, it, I, I don't think anyone can say, oh, we, th- those games were acceptable. But I think the excuse that we had players missing is much more justified now because we have seen the first team and we've seen the team that Arteta has picked and it has done well and it's produced good good performances and good results. I stand by that the Norwich game, for example, we, we should have battered them much more than we did. The Burnley mm. game, it was always going to be a tough away game at Burnley and we, we got the result in the end with a moment of magic from Odegaard. And then mm. this game, we, we deserve more. Like 3-1, three, three sorry, flatters Spurs, like if, we, if we're being honest. Like it, yeah, yeah. It, I think Arsenal took their foot off the gas in the second half, which is... Uh, when it got to half time, I, I was sort of telling myself, I was like, I sort of hope this is a battering four, five nil. Like, I hope we really go for it. But it sort of made sense the way we we approached it in the second half. Just the game had been won at that point, and Spurs mm. needed to come out at us. And if they really did come out at us, they didn't really. But if they really did, then we could have got more. But we we yeah. sort of took our foot off the gas, which is fine because I remember, I mean, the three nils against Man United and Chelsea from years ago where we blitzed them in the first half both times. Yeah. And then the second half was a bit more of a, like we've taken our foot off the pedal and it's not maybe as good as, as that first half, but the first half was so good that we didn't need to be incredible in the second half. So, yeah. I mean, everything you mentioned before was, was why it was a perfect day. I guess there's, there's sort of other things that I want to mention as well. A Baryang celebration as well. Yes, with, of course. With, with, of course, the, the Thierry Henry celebration, which was was fantastic. And I I was behind, I was in that tier, like right. up, up stand. And so all the goals came in from that end. And see him celebrate in front because the Spurs fans were below me. Seeing him celebrate in front of the Spurs fans, and them obviously getting really angry and like throwing up, like like swearing at him and everything. It's just beautiful. It's just like beautiful to see. Um, That's amazing. And, yeah, like it's just yeah, it, it, it was fantastic and. Yeah, like, and obviously made, made in Hayland as well. Like, that's special. Like, that's really special. Think about how much it would cost to buy Bakayo Saka and Milsifro if they if they were playing for another team right now. Like, Do you know what? Like, I, I know I know you're about to go on and give me a price, but I just want to be this caveat. And as I like, no, 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 no. It's just I know. 
Yeah. That when I say this sort of stuff to people, I get laughed at from the other people who aren't yeah. Arsenal fans. And I'm like, yeah. but go on, what's your, what's your answer? No, so I wasn't even going to give a price. Like, oh, go on, go on, go on. You've, you've teased us. You've oh, teased no, us. Like, come on. I mean, it, it would, it, for, for them both, you would probably mm. give them at least 125 million for them both. Like, I, uh, I agree. Yeah, like at least like that. You're probably talking about 150 million, and that's like if I'm being like if, if people really want them. But like, and to be honest, if they were playing for a different club, Arsenal would not be able to attract them from the position they yeah. are in now. So for us to have these two players come through our academy is incredible boost for our rebuild and we've but we, we've basically won the lottery with these two players and like that's incredible it's like some sometimes you get a once in a generation like from the academy and mm. sometimes they do like well but then they they go off like Wilshire came in he he was fantastic for us for a bit got injured and then he had to go like he he, he went downhill a bit you had Hector Bellerin, the same sort of thing. You had Alex Wobi as well was another one, but he, he didn't really hit the heights. You, mm. For them to hit the heights that both Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe have been hitting... At the so same time. At the same time is just special. And Arsenal fans should enjoy this as much as possible. Because, And I hope they realise that this is very special because this... this does not happen like every time this is a very rare occurrence and it's amazing that it's actually just what we needed as well yeah. like it was the same but the positions that we were struggling <clears throat> in the creative elements and yeah like and, and i think um something that i'm really thankful for in, in a slightly weird way is the fact that we don't have any europe this season because both of them um, particularly Emil Smith-Rowe have struggled with some niggles and well m- m- far more so Emil Smith-Rowe but you know and there was a, quite a long time where they were injured last season and you know and Saka looked tired in towards the end of last season and he certainly did at the beginning of this season so not having those midweek games allows us to play them week in week out and allows us to protect them and we don't have to rely on them and so and this so- formative year um has come at the perfect time for them to hit form and smash it every week rather than, you know, struggling through games or having them exhausted and things like that. And look, I only think, you know, we're, Emil Smith Rowe is, is a good five, 10 game streak away from getting into the England squad. You know, he's, if, if he can yeah. keep going, um, I can't see, you know, how or why that wouldn't be possible. I mean, look, I, he's got Mason Mount and Jack Grealish, I guess are the most similar to him and, I suppose the issue is Gareth Southgate doesn't pick too many of those creative attacking midfielders. He tends to like the winners yeah. and the, um, you know, and Jack obviously Grealish himself struggled for a long time to get in. But I, you know, I, I can only see good things for the future of these kids. So, um, is that? I mean, to be honest, I could talk for hours about that. There's, we've got questions um, yeah. that we'll dive into, um, which I'm sure we'll cover more stuff. But is there anything else you want to say about the game at all before we get man of the match and dick of the day? Um, trying to think. Um... Oh, I I love the the new um, Tommy Asu chant. I don't know if you heard it on the telly. Oh, Super I didn't know. Tom- yeah, so um, it was basically the the old Jack Wilshire chant, Super Tommy Asu, which was very very nice. Came off came off the 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 tongue very well. So yeah, I was go good. On. And uh, you got to sing it, mate. You can't yeah, tease us. So it's like with that voice. Su- yeah, super, <laughs> super Tom, super, super Tom, super, super Tom, super Tommy Asu. So great, Love it. great, great, great chant. And <laughs> the, obviously the, the Aaron Ramsdale chant, um, which everyone knows by now is the exact same as the Aaron Ramsey chant. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was getting chanted pretty much every time he got the ball or every time he done something. So uh, again, the, the crowd was great and it was it was pro- it was the best game I've ever been to. So uh, I was Brilliant. privileged to be there. I'm very jealous, mate. I'm very jealous. And hey, I, I threw away 70 quid for the privilege of not going. So, you know, I'm sure <laughs> you were very happy that you went. Although during this game, I've during this podcast, I've actually just secured um villa tickets. So that's good. Oh, nice, nice um, one. Anyway, so that's exciting. So um what was I going to say? Yes, one more thing I was gonna say. I just think oh, I want it to be worth sort of you know, putting a marker down and, and just saying that I, th- I think this is the first time that in my memory of the Emirates era, having a team that is so, firstly so likable and secondly is so close to the fans and mm. whether that's Mikel, the personality, the individuals, or probably realistically a mixture of both, I think they've done an incredible job in doing that. And particularly after having such a bad start to the season, 
it's you know a testament to them that, that that's still continued and you know like i say we're, we're really seeing the benefits of that now and it's just so nice to be involved and we've had some tough times haven't we mate like going through podcasts you know me i know you've got your own the can you believe it podcast and i, I we've had to dissect we've had to put up with other fans we've had to really go into depth as to the reasons why we're back in arteta why we're doing this we've had different opinions on it and it's just it's just so nice to be able to then really get it and 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 have something to sort of you know cheer about and just enjoy it while it lasts and i'm going to certainly do it all week and we don't have to worry about a stupid little european fixture to get in the way of us reveling in it for the next <laughs> week and my god if you if spurs lose their europa conference league game i will love it i mean to be honest actually i'm not sure if i want them to 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 win it or lose it because i'd like them to stay in it as long as possible without winning it because then they'll yeah. still be tired at the weekend so but but then again, like I, I, there are only two teams in that competition that I realistically think will do well in that tournament, and that's yeah. Spurs or Roma. So, yeah. and obviously it's like, so I don't want it, the more Spurs lose, the better it will be for me. Like because I don't want them to win a trophy. It's just better if they don't ever get near one. So, and yeah. it, if they win a European trophy, I know, I know it's a rubbish one, the Europa Conference League, but you know, it's still a trophy at the end of the day. So. Yeah. That's really annoying. Like I, I just really don't want that to happen. So, yeah. um, all right. Who's, who's your man of the match? I, I, I mean, I, I, I could give it to pretty much everyone on that pitch uh, yeah. on the game, but I'm going to give it to Emil Smith-Rowe just because he was incredible on the day. Like his, his driving, his his passing, which has been criticised um, a bit, but his role for the third goal, his pass to Bukayo yeah. Saka to set it up was really good. Oh, yeah, and he took out the hole in midfield. I just... Yeah, exactly. And he, he's got like he's got much better pace than I ever thought he did. For the second goal, he showed like really mm. good pace. And Tanganga's not like a slow coach as well, and like he couldn't keep up with Smith Rowe and yeah, it's just obviously getting North London Derby goal. And obviously I think I'm a bit biased because obviously he also said it was the best day of his life. So yeah. And, and, and any pl- Arsenal player that says scoring at Spurs is the best day of his life has my heart pretty much forever. So yeah, he yeah. was my man in the match. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to try and go with someone different then just to kind of spice it up because I, I, I would yeah, have gone go with Emil Smith Rowe, but I do like you. There <laughs> are so many candidates across the pitch. I mean, I mean, little Ramsdale himself had such a big influence in the game. That save towards the end was insane. Oh. I think Wade commanded the box and, yeah. you know, communicated with the back four. Their relationship is building so well. I think, you know, not half because of him. I think it's fantastic. I think Tommy Yasu was unbelievable. I think he had the most touches. I think yeah, Gabriel was unbelievable. I thought White had an exceptionally tidy performance and yeah. wasn't really spoken about too much. I think probably because the media were a little bit embarrassed about how they treated him for the last beginning of the game, <laughs> beginning of the season. Look, Tierney was Tierney. Did, did what Tierney does every week. Um, yeah. Party, the way he's wrapping it in. I think Xhaka had a solid performance. I mean, I'm just going for team. I'm trying to think who I'm going to pick here. Saka, yeah. Monsifer, and I'm Who am I going to go? I'm going to go Tommy Asu, you know? Yeah, I think he was good, exceptional. Good and he's, more because I just keep being surprised about how good he is and how yeah. lucky we are to have him. And I guess, I, I, you know, and I, I could give them, actually, do you know I'm going to give them a man of the match? I'm going to give it to Harry Kane because of his involvement in the, in the third goal. Well, I mean, he, he started the move and he finished the move. Yeah. I mean, he, he t- managed to tackle himself, pass it off to uh, Odegaard, who then set off Emil Smith-Rowe, I think. And I mean, really, I mean, it was exceptional. And then, of course, he got the assist and managed to just tap it into Saka's path in order to sort of set him up for the goal. So yeah. absolutely exceptional. Um you know, and then managed to, to, how can I say it? Win us a VAR decision when he went down and we didn't get given. Which, uh, on I've I've not seen it too many times because quite frankly don't care. But I seem to think it was a penalty at the time. But I was probably about fifty-two pints deep. So, um, okay, tell me, uh, who's your dick of the day? Jamie O'Hara. So I don't know. If oh you've no, seen... that's my one. <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got another one. So go on. Okay. Go oh it. yeah. I so I I assume you've seen the video on Talksport <laughs> this morning. Oh my god! It made me smile when I woke up this morning. It's just like I've seen like. Look, I understand his sort of argument. It's just like, yeah, Arsenal haven't won anything, blah, 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 blah. But it's just like, it's coming from him and you sound so bitter. Like, it's just like Arsenal, Arsenal have like, 
last month you were saying like Nuno was a great manager and Tottenham were great. And now like, I mean, he won manager of the month a couple of weeks ago. And it's just like, yeah. that's hilarious how, how much he's fallen. And Arsenal now are in, in this really good position and, and he's trying to negate it by saying, oh, it doesn't mean much because Spurs are rubbish, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, no, like, thank thank you, Jamie. Your tears made me incredibly happy. Oh, if I could have licked those tears and, like, drank them <laughs> for breakfast, I literally would have done that. Oh, my yeah. God. They, it, yeah, he just, he just, I, 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 I mean this the nicest possible way, in, in that I don't mean this in a nice way at all. Um he is probably the least intelligent person on the television. Like, honestly, like, I can't... He The things that he comes out with and the bitterness, I mean, I, I, I took back and actually there are some false quotes going around about Jermaine Genus because... And, and I take the mick out of him every week because he was so salty that day last time Arsenal beat him. And, and he tends to be. But he, I saw his match today and, and he was really honest and he was very, you know reasonable and that's something i've not seen him be in, in a while maybe it's because it was just so obvious but the jamie o'hara thing was insane i mean he was just mouthing off about how ridiculously are we are for celebrating it <laughs> if you knew anything about arsenal at the moment it's why we're celebrating it it's the fact that we were bottom and they were they were first going into the international break it's the fact that that for the first time in history the team who is bottom has taken over the team who's in first after the first three games in the quickest amount of time, um, which is another fantastic stat for them. So there's just so much going on and it really represents the direction the clubs are going. Tottenham seriously on the way down. They've had a problem for a while. It snuck up on them and, you know, they're, they, they've got, you know, a captain who wants to leave. They've got um, their best player, obviously, who wants to leave. They've got, quite frankly, some terrible recruitment. Um, the midfield is not creating anything. The back four are flimsy at best. I think the goalkeeper's getting old and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, we've just invested in something and it was like, bam, suddenly it's all clicked. This stuff is coming together and quite frankly, uh, he can do one. <laughs> yeah. um, so, okay, I've got another one. Okay, so we'll, I saw, there was, there was a couple of people, but I'll pick on Tim Sherwood. Uh, like there was a number of like combined 11s going around. Um, before and the game, on, and I don't know yeah, how yeah. many you saw. So the, there was one on one football's Instagram story, yeah. who uh, and they had a, the whole team. The whole team was Spurs, which I loved. I saved that just in case we we won, and turns out we did, yeah. um, which was hilarious. And then also, uh, but but yeah. So and then um, yeah, Tim Sherwood did one, and there was only like one or two Arsenal players, and I was just like this is so funny one game after that suddenly everyone's talking completely differently and we've known as fans for so long um, and we know that we've been unre unre underrepresented or under-researched or under-watched by the media so it's very easy to have a pop opinion about Arsenal and I think this really put a market down so it says puts two fingers up and say no no we've been right and now it's time for us to kick on so my ticket there goes to Tim Sherwood um, I don't think there was any more else I could have given it to but yeah feels good so Two two ex Spurs legends, of course. That's that is lovely. Um, <laughs> yeah, very good. Oh, I got each other the same one as me. Okay, uh, I've got some questions. Um, how should we do this? Should I? I didn't send them to you before, so I can just read them. I mean, yeah, um, okay. So there's a lot of love for Tamiyasu and, and Ramsdale. I mean, you know, all that sort of stuff. And um, do so, Tom Suters. Uh, has said, do you feel vindicated about Xhaka? So I suppose that's in reference for me defending him quite a lot. Um, but I, I don't defend him to the point where I still am desperate to have him in the team, but I'm also yeah. happy to have him in the team. So I guess pointing that question to you then, do, do you think, um, let's go with Arteta, Does he, do you think he should feel vindicated about Xhaka? Oh, that's a good question. Like, I, I think in in terms of Arteta, I think he will back Granit Xhaka no matter what. And I think that's because he sees him as a really important part of the side, which is quite funny because he tried to sell him in the summer. But mm. yeah, like, uh, I think he, he, he will feel vindicated because I think even when it's it's the cycle of Xhaka, isn't it? Mm. You, you have... It's inevitable, isn't it? Yeah, stupid moment. 10 great games after that stupid moment, stupid moment again. Like, it's just, it's, it's a constant cycle with him. So I think with, 
I think Arteta will feel vindicated because he produced such a good performance. And it, it was actually a shame to see him go down injured and hopefully it's not too serious because it didn't, mm. it didn't look the best from from where I was sitting. He looked like he was there. And Granit Xhaka doesn't really get injured. So to see him go down like that, it must be something. Yeah, so, he doesn't do that normally. Yeah, he doesn't. So, yeah, like, I think... Yeah, I think Arteta will feel vindicated by by the the Granit Xhaka selection, and I think obviously first opportunity that he was back after the three game suspension, and he puts him in, so he definitely mm. feels vindicated because he performed well, and he was integral for the second goal because his I guess strength and intelligence to get that ball up the pitch further starts the transition. It was it, it was really good from him. So yeah, I think Arteta feels vindicated. Yeah, I'm sure he does. And I, I, I was never afraid of that selection. You know, I, one thing we've learned is that, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, he always comes back and has a masterclass after he does something ridiculously stupid. But you just know that stupid thing is around the corner and it's yeah. he will get sent off or he will punch someone in the face or, you know, <laughs> do something stupid. And, you know, I, I, look, I, do how am I going to phrase this? I, like, I, do, oh, I want to move on from Granit Xhaka and, and have a bit of an upgrade there and get someone who does a very similar job who maybe can be a bit more reliable and has a bit more quality in the ball than yes. Um, but I think we've strengthened in areas that he, um, you know, last season and the season before would have to sort of try and cover to, you know, we've started into left back at points and doing various things and he, he's in a more secure team around him so he can do less of the things that he's bad at. Yeah. Um, so I, if he's in the squad, I let's get him in the team. I think in a very young team from back to front, why not have two very experienced midfielders right in the heart of it that can be dictating Thomas Partey, Champions League level, quality, experienced. You can get in the Champions League final a couple of times with Atletico Madrid. Like He's a very experienced yeah. player. Get him in the middle. Uh, for all of Xhaka's, um, you know, ba- bad qualities, uh, there's there's a lot of good ones, and that's, um, you know, his his his, his, his leadership, his uh, he's very you know steely. Um, he gives that blanket, and he keeps the game moving, and you know, he does things really well. And um, I'm 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 fine with him starting in this team, but it's you just know you're going to have to, you just have to you're probably gonna have to pay for it at some point. And when we had both David Luiz and Xhaka last season, it was a bit of a calamity because when they played well, we knew they would, we knew what they could do. They could bop about, they'd do their thing and they would really add to the team, but you just know you're going to pay for it every 10 games. And um, hopefully that's one of his last and we can get a really good season out of him and, you know, we can make things happen next season. So um, with a new midfielder, that's what I think. Um, Okay. What about this one? Uh, So Lord James 13, lol. Um, have Arsenal turned a corner or do you think we are still in for some struggles? I I think it, it, it's going to be an up and down season. I think that's sort of what I expect. I think the season will be up and down as as like things happen and we get injuries and, and such. I think if we go into the international break off four wins, it would be really, really good and we would have done really well. But I think the important thing is to try and win the smaller games and try and like do the best in the big games. As long as we win the smaller games, we will be up there in the European places. Yeah. So that's, that's the important thing. I think with Arsenal, I think, the last couple of years, the smaller games have been something that we haven't been able to do, especially at home. So last year's record at home, and I know a lot of people's record at home wasn't good. So Mm. we just need to make sure that we are winning the games that we realistically should be winning and going into the games that are going to be a bit more tougher and like trying to be competitive as much as possible. And, yeah, like I, I might. I think yesterday something clicks with Arsenal, and I think it, it clicks with Arteta. It clicks with the fans. It clicks with the team. But that doesn't mean that it's just going to be plain sailing throughout the season. There are going to be bumps in the road. 
progress is not linear in football anyway, it's a roller coaster. So there will be downs, there will be ups, mm. and we're on a real high at the moment. But there will be times where it goes down. But as long as we keep in perspective our goals then and we reach those goals then hopefully we have a good season and that's when ultimately that's when you know if we've turned a corner or not is mm. where we finish at the end of the season if we're back in europe we've turned a corner and we've been much more consistent because remember we've had two a place finishes if we don't and we're near in mid table again then that's how you know and arteta's lost his job then that's how you know we haven't clicked. But at this present moment in time, it looks like something that we could build on and it looks like something that's a bit encouraging and there's a lot of positives that we can look forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I would even, if you're going to ask, you know, the, the question sort of asks if, you know, uh, was I say, have we turned a corner or do we think there are still some struggles? I'd even lean on the side of even just saying, look, like, I suppose both are true, really, but there are definitely some struggles coming. And yeah, um, the faster we can get some momentum to have a better start, you know, that then we're giving ourselves some belief that when we when we do go on a time downward turn, and that will happen, um, we're all saying, well, this is just a downward turn on the roller coaster, and we'll be up, up back up in the next two games, three games, and this is just something that we're we need to ride out, and the fans need to be there behind him. I think if we go on a bad run now, and we've got a good few winnable games coming up, then things could then start looking worse. But I, I you know, I, w- one thing that I always err on the caution of, and I've always been a big supporter of Arteta and I, I think he can do big things, whether he will or not. I, I, I would, the jury's still out, I suppose, but I, I think he speaks well enough and connects the fans enough and has good enough knowledge to get good enough players into the club. And you've seen that with some unbelievable signings and some, some of the ways he's turned the team around, obviously he won us a cup. Um, but one of the things that I do worry about is that a lot of the time, and I don't want to start <laughs> raining on our parade at the moment because we, we were clearly flying after yesterday's result, but um, one of the things that he he almost needs perfect patterned play to score the goals that we end up scoring in a Mikel Arteta game. Yeah. Um, and I think yesterday all of them were, really, the perfect counter-attacking goal. And well, yes, our Norwich goal was scrappy and Martin Odegaard, to be fair, scored his scored his um, free kick, which are obviously not Mikarteta goals, but in the sense that of his pattern of play. But I, all of our chances, bar a couple, are through that. And I suppose that is what you normally have with systems. But it's so exaggerated that there's no real chaos factor, right? So in a lot of games. And to be fair, I think, you know, we watched the Norwich game, Burnley in particular, um, it felt like more than a one nil. It felt like we those patterned plays were very close to coming off. And if we didn't drop a short too short, a pass too short, or um, you know, we've managed to just made that final pass that seemingly was incredibly simple, we would have scored three or four in, in at least that Burnley game. Um, it didn't feel like a one nil, that's for sure. Um so, so my 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 fear would be going into that, say, well, firstly, yes, we're gonna have downs. The second one is are those downs gonna come from the fact we don't really have a plan B? Um, right now, I don't care because we, yeah. we, we, we've won, we've beaten Spurs and plan A worked. Um, and look, if someone gets injured or something like that, I, it seems like we've got relatively good depth to a point. I know people come off the bench was great. Um, however, and, and what I like is the different people come off the bench. They've got different, like we've got big players now that are coming off the bench and I'm so happy that mainly Maitland Niles managed to get on and Tavares is being used and you know, it's, a, it's, it's fantastic really. So uh, there's, do you know what? There's some real highs to come as well. Real highs and probably a few lows. And um, yeah, I'm really keen to see where we're going to be by the next, by the end, by the time we get to Liverpool. I'm just going to look at our fixtures now. Um, so, so I think we have Brighton away mm-hmm. this weekend. Then yeah. I think international break. And then I think it's like Palace, Villa, Villa. Watford. <laughs> So it's Villa, sorry, yeah, Palace, Villa, leads in the uh, EFL. Yeah. Leicester City, then Watford. For me, I think we need, I think we need to, I'm just doing some math, I'll screw it, draw one, but win the other four. And that's not including the EFL game. 
Yeah, I, so... I want win four, draw one. Uh, I, I say as a minimum, obviously, like you know, a couple of couple of draws here and a few wins is going to be good. But I, I, I can't. I don't want to be losing any of those games. The momentum needs to keep going. Obviously, I don't yeah. want to be losing. But I mean, that's <clears> going to put us up to a level where we were for a period in the second half of last season. Um, if we can have that run early, I think that's going to give us far more confidence. And suddenly, the year of twenty. Um, 2021, the football would be looking pretty rosy. Yeah. Um, and I'd be keen to see a 2021 table. And if you've got, you know, if we get win all those games, and you know, I think we'd probably be up there from the combination of the second half of last season and this season. So it's, I think that could carry on very well into next season. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think we need some serious points for those. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think so. We need to be winning the games that we should. I think the big the biggest test for the Liverpool game will be Leicester mm. and Villa. They'll be the two games that will be difficult. Villa at home will be difficult because Villa are quite a good side and Leicester away will be difficult as well. Okay. But Villa at home, we should hopefully win because it is a home game and we don't have those midweek stretches. And the, hopefully the team can keep building momentum and slowly get confidence together. The, the rest should be wins. Brighton, I am a bit worried about just because Brighton, I mean, mm-hmm. Bright, I don't know if you know, Brighton scored the last minute equaliser against Palace today. Yeah. So um, they've oh, drawn they? the game. Yeah. So it, on, no, yeah. Yeah. Palace scored 95th. Wow. Yeah. 95th minute. Yeah, they've not so, lost this season, have they? I think they have lost oh, one. Oh, they lost, sorry? Oh, right. Yeah, uh, I think they have lost once um, this season. Oh, Neil Mopai as well. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our favourite favorite player in the world. Yeah. It, um, yeah, but... That's hilarious. Yeah, mm. but um, that would be a tough game, I think. But, yeah, they have lost once this season. The only team that haven't lost and preventing us from Invincible State is Liverpool, so... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... But, yeah, like, I think... Yeah, we have to be winning these games. Imagine we go into the international break after this weekend's games with four wins after mm. the previous international break. That's pretty like incredible. We would have the best form in the league as well because we would have had four wins. No one's got three wins in a row at the moment. Brighton could have had it, but they drew. Yeah. So, like, it's 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 it's. It's encouraging, and we we need to be looking at some good points. And who knows where we can do? Just do the best mm. we can, really. Yeah, and I think we one thing we can learn from the end of last season, and particularly the beginning of this season, like people are dropping points. So this is another opportunistic season where we all we have to do is just get a run together. Chelsea did it very well last season, um, and they were nowhere really. They were flying around with us at the beginning, and. In, you know, down in the sixes and the eighths sort of thing, and 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 they put a short run together, and they got back up into the top four. They came third or something like that last season. Same with United, and that's all it's going to take. And um, we just need to, you know, get out there and do it, and make sure that we we've, we've got the players fit and um, able to do it. And I think I think we've got every chance. And I'm not going to start changing my ideas about where we're going to finish at the end of the season because I'm too scared to say what I really think yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think I'm getting too excited and I know that so um, okay um, would you start the same 11 against Brighton that's assuming that Xhaka is okay right yeah 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 so probably yeah I mean there is a potential that we could go back to the four-three-three that we started against Burnley. So to drop Xhaka, mm-hmm. play Odegaard and Smith Rowe with Partey in midfield, and then bring Pepe in, or bring Martinelli in on the left. But yeah, I mean the performance, the, the way the team performed was was really good, and to try and get momentum with them is is probably the best thing. So yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind being unchanged. Mm-hmm. I'd slap down the first eleven immediately. I think they go; they deserved it. Like every yeah. single member of the team needs to keep their place <clears> in that game. So, and uh, I think it's our best team. So I would do it. I think I keep the same team. But um, already, uh, let's do. Uh, there's quite a lot on. Like someone says, uh, Jack Fisher ninety nine says, where should we put Saka and Emil Smith Rowe's statues? 
Um, <laughs> there's a lot about Ramsdale and Tomiyasu. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, okay. I did have... Okay, so what are your thoughts on Pepe? So C underscore Georgialis has asked that, but also uh, Samir Muxnor um, said, what does ESR excelling at left wing mean for Pepe? I think Pepe's a, a perfectly fine player, but I just think he's all I think he's a great finisher, but I think in terms of his all-round play, I mm. think it's sometimes not there. I think he's a bit his build-up play and his basically his touch is a bit off at times. I think he has this incredible dribbling ability and he also has this great finishing ability. But apart from that, I think Saka's better than him in every way on that right wing. And yeah. just because I think he's much, Saka's much better in terms of going in on his right foot as well. I mean, both his goal and assist were with his weaker foot, with his weaker right foot. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that that's really encouraging when when, when you think. I, I don't think Pepe does the cross to Smith Rowe. He, mm. he, he curls it in with his left foot, I think. And then I don't think he does the the goal as well. well. To be fair, I'm maybe doing a disservice. He scored a really good goal with his right foot against Wolves last season. Yeah, he did. So, But I, ju- I just think Saka's a bit more comfortable there. And with Smith Rowe, I think... When Smith throws on it, he's he's like the he's like he he brings the whole team forward. It's it's such a, a a really good player to have in your team. Like some people can question, oh, he doesn't have the best passing ability. Whatever, I don't care, right? Like he's he's the glue that pushes it all together. Him and Odegaard are, yeah. And I think it's really important to have Smith throwing the side because I just think he's such a good player, and I think. He looks like he's going to score more goals this season. He's had a lot of shots. I mean, mm. he should have scored he's on against, his way. Yeah, he should have scored against Norwich, if we're being honest. He should have scored against Burnley as well. Both chances that he had, he the, the Norwich one, he blasted it a bit too much against the keeper that allowed mm-hmm. the keeper quite an easy save the Burnley one he didn't have enough conviction and then obviously he scored in the last two games against Wimbledon against Spurs so getting I think he could be a bit more of a goal scorer and if he is then there's no stopping him in the side Pepe's fine and there will be games where we will need Pepe and he will perform really well but I, and competition is good but I just don't think it's nailed on for him as as maybe it was at the start of the season yeah, no, I agree with all that. Really, I mean, he's he's um, he's just a bit too erratic, really, to 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 be making a claim ahead of you know what would be both Smith Rowe and or, or either Smith Rowe or Saka, really, because obviously we'd need to push out Smith Rowe and then put Saka across. So, um, yeah, and I think just Saka is better on the right there for all the reasons you mentioned, and I kind of think he has a higher ceiling. I think Saka is only going to get better, so there's a kind of a reason to do that. But I think. We've kind of, I say a bit harsh to say, I think we've kind of seen everything that we're going to get out of Pepe. We'll probably know, you kind of just know what you're going to get. He's he's just a box yeah. of chocolates. He's, sometimes he'll go missing. Sometimes he won't create anything, but sometimes he'll just pull out the absolute sublime and he'll have an absolute blinder. And um, what he needs is consistency playing in the team and he needs like an arm around the shoulder. And I think he's not going to get that consistency here. So, but again, love him. Cool player. Very does amazing things. Capable of the extraordinary, but... Um, it just doesn't get into the first level for me without Europe. I think it's you know tricky. Yeah. Um, we've done quite a number of questions. Should we should we leave it there? We've been talking for a while, and people probably have better things to do than listen to us. Probably at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> maybe, the, I, maybe they've got yeah, lives. Yeah. Exactly. Like, but the only thing I want to add just before the the end of the podcast, and we haven't mentioned it yet, is that North London is red, and North. it always will be. <laughs> <laughs> literally yeah. uh, you, you, you couldn't have said it better mate Last London is the reddest thing in the world right now um, god I mean we we really painted the North London red last night um, yeah. we sort of like dropped like a nuclear red bomb uh, of paint over North <laughs> London last night it was it was emphatic so um, yeah very very happy well, mate Matt, thanks so much for coming on again um, 
Cheers, Lovely mate. Thanks for having me on. Mm. And uh, yeah, we'll speak soon. Thanks everyone for listening. Take care and have a great week. 